wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. Um, Idaho from Idaho. We are um, in Twin Falls, Idaho, visiting my brother and sister-in-law. My sister-in-law is opening up a a new uh, boat, like home boutique in Twin Falls. So if you're in the area, yeah, come, um, see, it. Yeah, come see it. It's uh, it's called Real Deals. Really a cute, it's a cute franchise. So um, we uh, were happy to to you know be able to be streaming from here and and uh, to see y'all. So, yeah, we just don't have all the equipment. Yeah, today, the microphone. So hopefully and, you can hear us yeah, well yeah. and all of that. Yeah, so glad to uh, have a chance to uh, be able to be up here as well. And yeah. I always enjoy coming up here. Though. I told uh, your brother last night, the sunsets here, even uh, though, you know, everybody says they have the most beautiful uh, sunsets and sunrises, whatever. We've seen some yeah. beautiful ones, but wow, I've yeah. seen several oh. since I've been here. here Something about the skies yeah, here. It's beautiful. Really it really, really is. And so when we mentioned that to him, he's like, I don't notice anymore. So <laughs> then stop and look. Yeah. Because it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what do we have happening anytime soon? Uh, we don't have anything on the horizon okay. really, except for um, you know, we have our 200th episode next Wednesday. Oh, so yeah. yeah, let's make sure. Put we, it on your calendar. Yeah, yeah. Um, our 200th episode. Um, that's you know, it's a that's a that's a milestone. Milestone. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. We're gonna have, to, we're gonna have yeah. some special guests in there. So uh, yeah, be be sure. It's to White Hat Wednesday too. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Um, so today, mm -hmm. today we're talking about uh, policy work, sometimes called goodwill. Mm -hmm. um, and so this has been an interesting conversation. It's been an interesting thing to think through in my head, because obviously when it comes to repair work, we're, really what we're talking about with policy work or goodwill repairs or those things that happen after mm -hmm. delivery, especially, you know, shortly mm -hmm. after delivery. So it's a fascinating thing to think through. And even just some of the comments when the post went out, like see yeah. the feedback that you get is like, yeah. you can see that there are just different schools of thought mm -hmm. around this thing. And I think where we come from is as coaches, advisors, we have some clients that are wrestling with us and trying to mm -hmm. trying to put a lid on it. Like it's, it gets to be a it gets really goal. costly, yeah. really, really costly. And you know, you just, you want to make sure that you're, uh, you're keeping um, everyone's happy, mm -hmm. uh, but also that they're taking responsibility. For yeah, them. yeah, that's the big um, challenge for me. Is this, and, and again, you know, we don't do legal here. We don't. None of what we're talking about is necessarily a, a legal opinion or, you know, any kind of legal advice. Mm -hmm. We're just simply saying that, you know, when it comes to just simple customer relations and customer service, we just, you know we're going to recommend consistency always, right? We're going to always say consistency, consistency, whatever it is that your policy is and you're welcome, Steve Levine. It's like, have a policy. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but whatever that policy is really, really advise that you stay very consistent with that. Yeah. And you know, it's, you talk about in the underwriting element that when you make exceptions, you, you document those exceptions. And I think that would be relevant here as well, because it's really, you know, this is something that not everybody's going to operate their business in the way that I would. I can just tell you that we feel like we know how to bring a stop to the exorbitant policy repairs. Yeah. And so I think before you get into actually the repair handling, you have to back up and look at the process. Before so we delivery. start at the beginning. Yeah. It's a, it's a really beautiful place to start yeah. with the song. Of yeah. Yeah. So I think really it's mostly for me, it's about how do we, um, create a practice 
that allows us to be consistent with our customers and be fair. We, you know, we all want to be generous and we want great customer relations. And sometimes it's our tendency, especially in the retail side of our business to be, to bend over backwards to make customers happy. And while that's a, it's a noble effort, it can sometimes open some doors that yeah. are hard to close. I mean, now we, uh, White Hat Way is about helping solve problems right. and and you know being as helpful as we can and and still being firm and about, not go broke and not go broke yes <laughs> you know because um, so. it's because it's not White Hat Way is not about about being a pushover right. not about saying yes and uh, about everything it's it's about having a clear understanding it's about helping to solve problems and it's about being consistent and and. Firm. Yeah, one of the anchors for us in the in what we talk about with White Hat Way is this idea of good fences. So mm -hmm. this is certainly in that category about having clear boundaries, having a clear understanding. But again, let's back up to before the delivery. Before we sign an agreement with the customer, let's back up and think about our reconditioning process, mm -hmm. and let's think about our um, process, especially for evaluating cars before they get delivered. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I can see we're getting alert that we have a little bit of a spotty mm -hmm. internet signal. So just bear with us. Um, but we'll, we'll hang in as long as the internet stays connected, yeah. we'll stay with you. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's really about, I really want to break down the evaluation process because mm -hmm. I think when you've got a dealer who's experiencing a lot of repairs in that policy window, for mm -hmm. some dealers, that would be a week for some, it would be 90 days. I mean, that, that practice, that policy is going to vary. But regardless, if we're seeing a lot of that and we're finding ourselves having to write a lot of what checks. Is, what does a lot mean to you? Like if, if you were to say for every, um, you know, you've got a book of business and, or you've done 20 sales. Yeah. Um, what's a lot? Well, if you keep in mind when you're talking to me personally, like if I were the general <laughs> manager or the dealer, it would be zero. Oh, well, okay. I would be zero. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of the practice that I would bring. And it, let me be clear. That doesn't mean that I'm not making the customers happy. Well, uh, but I'm, what I'm asking though is, you know, if you've got, if you've got people coming back to you a lot oh, okay, in a lot the first reviews. three months yeah. and it's like, this needs to be fixed. This needs to be fixed. This needs to be fixed. You know, we know that some of that they're, they're used cars and that's going to happen, but, but, what would you say would be your threshold of saying there's something that needs to be fixed earlier in the process? Well, every time that happens, it's either it's either something that we missed mm -hmm. in the reconditioning process mm -hmm. or it's the customer's responsibility. So I think mm -hmm. this is really the question of yeah. what did, did we miss something? I mean, if we truly in our reconditioning and evaluation process, if we miss something, uh, before contracting the customer in the car, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously we shouldn't see a lot of that. We shouldn't mm -hmm. be missing a lot of stuff before yeah. the car gets delivered yeah. because that just brings into question the evaluation process because it's one thing to recondition the car and get it in as good a shape as you can. It's another thing to drive it plenty, get it good and warm and make sure that the, the car doesn't have any, you know, thing Major that's uh, glaringly evident. Well, and that's something that I, I, um, I know that Jim was always a practice with, mm -hmm. even when you managed um, and had his own dealership, is that all the cars get driven to get warm. I mean, it's yeah. they don't just come on the lot, they don't get driven around the block, but they get driven sure. to get them nice and warm. So you-, you Yeah, um, it gives the car a chance to overheat if it's going to, if there's a problem with a sticky thermostat or there's a problem with a radiator that needs to be addressed. You know, mm -hmm. you gotta get it good and warm before you would be able to identify that. So this is kind of a, 
there's there's several different elements to this, but I would say we got to be careful to kind of look at the what I call the shame on us category. Mm -hmm. Like if we miss some stuff and we put a customer in a problem car, shame on us. Then obviously we we would have a different attitude about stepping in. I think for us, we want to be consistent in that. But if we're consistently having to tell customers, you know, whatever the answer is in terms of our policy, mm -hmm. if we're consistently seeing customers come back in the first 90 days after delivery, most of what we're talking about here is in the first two to four weeks, I would mm -hmm. say. So it's like if the customer's having a problem right away, it's not surprising they would come back to us. I think the question is, how do we address it? And one of the things that I'm always mindful of is it's different if you're the dealer and I'm the general manager, it's different for you because as a dealer, when you've got an unhappy customer sitting in front of you or you've mm -hmm. got a, you know, a manager coming to you and say, hey, I've got an upset customer over a mechanical thing, typically the dealer, their, their remedy for that problem open to make the, the customer happy, <laughs> open the checkbook, agree yeah. to pay for it, that's the dealer's responsibility. Whereas me, as, as a general, general manager, manager, if I have a set, set a boundary, you know, a set mm -hmm. practice policy guidelines to work with, then it becomes easier for me to say no. And I know that when I say no, the customer's probably going to be unhappy for a minute, maybe five minutes. Well, and it's, I think it's also in how you say no. Sure. And if you offer any solutions and right. help in a solution to solve the problem without you having to be financially responsible, um, ultimately sure. for fix. Yeah. And I see George mentioned something about the limited warranty. And I think that's part of our challenge here in talking about a subject like this is we have dealers out there that do strictly as is. There's no warranty of any kind. Others do a, a limited warranty. Others do a service contract. But I think irrespective of all those things, you know, you even if you're doing a warranty, there's a mm -hmm. deductible, right? And yeah. so even if you're doing a service contract, there's mm -hmm. a deductible and the customer is responsible for something. Are we going to hold them to their part of the understanding because for me that's really part of the white hat element mm -hmm. to this and for me to really step in and be a dealer who's going to be consistent and mm -hmm. and maintain good fences and part of my my and this is a lot of this is philosophical right mm -hmm. it's about your approach to customer relations and and I, I was in the retail business before i ever got in the car business so i've been around customer relations and making customers happy you know for for most of my career so it's not that I'm not going to make customers happy. It's just that I understand that one of the, the practices that I would bring and that I would encourage for most any dealer is that I, I just don't love the idea. It doesn't feel good to me. Just it's that simple. Like forget the mm -hmm. business financials and mm -hmm. the bank accounts. Just it doesn't feel good to me to play favorites and be inconsistent and to do something for one customer that I'm not which, prepared to do for every um, customer. You know, anyone that's in compliance would say that it, that can be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, being so inconsistent. Being, being yeah. inconsistent about just about anything yeah. when, it, when it deals with customer relations and, and you know, making exceptions and yeah. that kind of stuff. So let's just back up and say, okay, let's assume that the cars have been reconditioned as well as we possibly can. We've thoroughly evaluated the car. We put it out. There's still a sub separate matter of how do you um, close the deal? Like what is the language? What are the documents that are signed? And what is the so, language? So we've already, we've kind of like talked about making sure that your recon that you mm -hmm. the the things that could go wrong that could be costly that you've warmed the car up um mm -hmm. you know you're able to do a really good thorough um sure. uh, inspection and so cars on the lot someone sitting in front of you and so now we're going through 
Doug. Yeah, and just as far as the actual closing of the deal, uh, you know, whatever documents we're going to sign, whatever our practice is going to be, as is, warranty, service mm -hmm. contract, whatever yeah. that looks like. Whatever it is that you choose is yeah. okay. Yeah, it's all it's yeah. all can be good. I mean, we like a warranty and a service contract, so it's not it's not anything about that. It can solve some of this, but it certainly doesn't solve all of it. Mm -hmm. So if I think about just a minute, I can't recall if we've done a morning show episode around the subject of the the we owe and doing repairs as a condition of the sale. But that kind if of we did, it was a long It's been long a while time. ago and it might be time to revisit yeah. that because it, it ties into what we're talking about here. It's mm -hmm. like, how do I do the handoff? I've conditioned the car all I want to condition it. I'm not going to make any repairs in my approach. We're not going to make any repairs as a condition of the sale. Okay, the car is, we've gone as far as reconditioning if, yeah. as we're going to go. And if the customer doesn't like that particular car, for some reason, yeah. let's choose a different car. It's not, we're, yeah. we're not going to make any repairs at the time of the sale as a condition of doing the deal. Yeah. Okay. There is one thing, though, that um, one of the things that Jim uh, has had as practice, and, and not everyone does this, is that there's a mechanics check that happens before you actually sit down to do where the customer takes the car to an independent mechanic have them do a quick overview of it because it just really solidifies it concretes um, ownership. Yeah. It so, transfers yeah. ownership to the consumer in a really important way. So that's, that doesn't so stop the car from breaking down. It doesn't. Right. So it, we can still be dealing with these mechanical things after it really just becomes a question of what is our responsibility mm -hmm. after delivery? And the mm -hmm. simplest, cleanest thing, and this mm -hmm. is where, you know, we're not giving legal advice, but those of us who have been around business know a long time. Anytime there's a dispute between what was said verbally and what's in the contract, what's in the documents, you know that the court is going to go off of what the documents say, yeah. right? And so if there's ever any kind of, if we really, and these things don't go to legal, it's not that we're going to necessarily end up having a legal matter. It's just that we know that we should really lean heavily on the documents and make sure that the documents say exactly what we want to say about that. And then I think we should hold to it. So it's like whatever, whatever was written, that's what we should do. So if we didn't promise any repairs after delivery and we were super clear about that, then I would say it's so a, let's take the example, you know, George mentioned um, a service contract or limited warranty. I think is what he actually said. Mm -hmm. So if there's a limited warranty and there's $150 deductible, then the customer, let's say they do have a warranty matter and they're barely three weeks into the contract. They come in and they've got something that's clearly covered under warranty. There's $150 deductible. What are we gonna do about the deductible? I, it's my approach that I would allow the customer, I would say we, we need to resolve the deductible before we proceed with the repairs. You know, and so and but that doesn't necessarily mean I mean that like I don't have $150. Well, what do you have? Yeah, and, and yeah. we're gonna work it out financially. Yeah. So if if I need to give Heck, if I need to give the customer till tax refund season to repay the $150 deductible, I'll put that in writing and give the customer plenty of time. It's not that I'm demanding that they pay that before I proceed with repairs. I'm just saying we need to have a written understanding. This was your part. I'm going to do my part as a dealer. I'm going to ask you to do your part because this is where we start to cross into an area where, you know, sometimes in buy here, pay here, we make our job more difficult than it has to be. Mm -hmm. And this is part of one of those areas where I feel like we do that. We 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 create our own pressures yeah. and our own stresses by just not holding our ground and making sure the customer does their part because we're doing our part why wouldn't we ask the customer to step up and do their part that's the nature of the business relationship as far as i'm concerned yeah. so this is what we would teach and this is part of how we can help dealers start to solve some of this policy work and, and bring it into some of that because you it's not that you 
you can still make the customer happy. And in these situations where I ask the customer to pay $150 deductible, they, they may be upset. Like, they, they, I just had the car three weeks. I can't believe you're making me pay anything. Well, that, that is our understanding. Like, if so if I, I don't say this to the customer, but in my mind, I'm going through, look, if, if you're not going to honor your part of the business understandings that we enter into, then I'd rather just end the business relationship now. Now, that sounds, you know, dramatic, and but I'm not saying that to the customer. It's just in my mind, I'm saying, look, we had an understanding. It's, we just barely entered into this agreement three weeks ago. Yeah. That was our understanding. And until we change that, that's, that's our understanding. And I expect you to follow through on it. I'm going to honor my part of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the place where we're just saying, we want to be consistent and we, we sometimes have to dig in a little bit. And sometimes these conversations can be a little uncomfortable. And, you know, as our friend Tommy said, just, just say no yeah. to the policy work. I would just say that whatever we're going to do, I can sometimes say no to the customer about, you know, waiving, for example, their deductible. I could, I could just say, no, I'm, we're going to need to get a resolution on that. We can proceed with repairs. We just won't release the card to you until that deductible is resolved. Resolved. And that doesn't, it's like That's there's right. an understanding and, you know, you've done, you've done your part of. Sure. Of and that. so it's like, yeah, that's the part that I'm saying we got to dig in. And the customer mm-hmm. might be unhappy for five minutes. In fact, they might be upset for a little while. I might have to let them cool off and call them back in a couple hours and make sure they know. And I'm going to be super kind about it. And we're just, we're going to say, look, this is the understanding. So we need to follow through on it and give you plenty of time. So mm-hmm. what would you like to do? You want to pay the refund mm-hmm. season? You want to pay it $20 a month for, you know, six months or mm-hmm. whatever? What do you want to do? So this is kind of where I'm coming from. It's like, I want the customer to fulfill their part of the understanding. And I want the I want the agreements that we enter into as dealers to be valid. Mm-hmm. And so that means we can't have gray areas floating around and we can't, because when we step off that cliff and I know I've been around this stuff, we've been writing wheels and goodwill stuff for, for, you know, 20 plus years. When you do that, you're entering into kind of a gray area. And yes, you can write something that says this is a goodwill repair only. We're not obligated to do anything in the future. But what's the customer see? You're setting when a precedence because it's like, well, you did it before, and, yeah. and I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I'm in a worse position now than I was before. Right. Or, right. And yeah. it's just been a week, and you know, and maybe it's a different problem. But I think we still set the precedent. Can't I just sign another goodwill understanding, and you'll cover that? I think that's the part that I'm concerned about is when we step off of that, even though we're writing something and putting mm-hmm. in writing that that we're, it just. I think there could be a better solution and we don't necessarily have time today to go into all the solutions and ways to, to address these mm-hmm. different scenarios. But, but I would run them all through that lens of is the customer fulfilling what was the understanding? And if we're going to deviate from the understanding, then let's just understand the risk that we take in doing that. Because mm-hmm. once you open that can of worms, it's like it's it's hard to get the lid back on it. And so I just think we we got to be super careful about that. And so this is how we, again, I would back up and look first at the recon process. Let's make sure we're reconditioning cars well. Mm-hmm. Then let's make sure we're evaluating cars thoroughly before, before they ever get priced and put on the lot. Mm-hmm. Now we can have some higher level of confidence to know that we did everything we could reasonably do. You could, you could choose to do the mechanics check. We've done a whole separate episode on that in the past, and you can go back and look at whether you want to have the customer go do a mechanics check. As Michelle says, it does solve something about transferring responsibility to the customer. And now we're in a better position to be able to say, this is our agreement. This is the way we address repairs. And it, it almost doesn't matter. Now, again, this is something else I would run through my head. It almost doesn't matter whether it's two hours, two days, two weeks into the contract. This is our understanding. 
and it says, as of this time, this will be the way we handle repairs. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as we step into that, that needs to be the way that we operate. So I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily telling dealers, don't do goodwill repairs. I'm simply saying, have a good practice for that. Have a very clear limit for mm -hmm. what, is that seven and, days? How long do you do that? And even if you are an as is, in no way are we saying don't help. Right. Um, because there's a lot of ways that you can help. And, you know, and, and we all know the sooner we can get uh, our customers in their car fixed and back on the road, the better chance we have of continuing the relationship and they're going to continue making their payments. Yeah. So it's like, how do we, it, it's, it's navigating that, whether it be the deductible or, or helping out in other ways and having clear understanding. Yeah. And I would just say that for those who are coming at this from a standpoint of, but this is terrible customer relations. I want to make my customers happy. There's nothing that we've said here that doesn't result with the customer ultimately being happy. We're simply saying they may be unhappy for a few minutes as they, because nobody likes being told no, or that, you know, I'm going to hold you to the understanding. That's, that's an uncomfortable mm -hmm. place for the customer to be in. They might be disappointed, but if we've been clear at the time of delivery, then they know that's really their responsibility. And we're going to then step in and find another way to make them happy. That doesn't involve us paying for the stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the line that we're trying to avoid crossing. And I would just recommend that we, we dig in and do what we can to find other solutions and ways to make the customer happy. Because I just want to make sure that we follow through and that we're consistent. Like I say, I want us to do our part as dealers. I think we're we, we to be honorable dealers and and you know good members of our community. We need to mm -hmm. honor our understanding, but we also need to ask the customer to honor theirs. So let's say just um, let's say that you uh, have been listening and you've been looking at your how much money because I mean it's we've worked with dealers it's thousands and thousands of dollars potentially they're going out in goodwill um, uh, after purchase repairs. So let's say that all right we're going to make a change. Um, is this something that is can is only for from this day forward any cars or how do you navigate if you've got a book of business that's got 500 accounts that are active? Is there anything you can do for those accounts to be able to communicate that? that I would say standard? that's a different matter. One thing I would say is whatever you're going to do, especially if you're talking about something with 500 accounts, if you're going to change a practice relative to side notes or whatever your practice is going to, you, you, it's really important that you, you serve notice to all of them that you're changing. That's kind of where I was going. Is that, that there be some kind of a notice that Pick is, a date, yeah. Well out in the future, give yourself plenty of time to make sure you can notify customers by email, put up text you message, know, text messages, sign up in the wind, put window, a little note on the bottom Something that's receipt. mailed to them even. Give yourself yeah. plenty of time to serve them notice again and again. And that way, when you do affect the policy change, you can step in, you know, and, and stay there. So I think that's an important, but we have a response, responsibility, again, not legal advice. We just know that from a pure business perspective, mm -hmm. we have a responsibility to notify our customers when we're changing our practices. Yeah. And that, but it's, but the point is, is that it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean, or uh, that you, it doesn't mean that you can't change a practice in the middle of a contract, you right. just have to let them know that this is this is what's changing. Sure. So, and I think you know, if I look at policy, and let's say we've got dealers that are still going to do policy, I say write an internal policy and make sure you stick to it. Whether you're going, you're only going to do that in the first thirty days, 
if you do that, don't do it at day 31. Like just be consistent in whatever you're going to do so that you can um, you can feel sure that you handled every customer the same way. And I think that's that's fair. You know, to me, doing it for one and not for another is, is doesn't begin to look like fair. And so it's like we, we just want to be consistent in that. And I would say it really boils down to is the customer going to follow through? I mean, when we. When we sign one thing, we say, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. I know that's what we signed, but we're going to do this instead. Why, why would the customer not extend that to the entire, the rest of the agreement? Collections, you know, deductibles, you name it. Why wouldn't the customer conclude that, you know, there's somebody at the dealership who can make an exception to the policy. Yeah. And so it's like, we just got it. We got to recognize what kind of cliff we're stepping off whenever we make those kind of um, allowances and exceptions. So I would just say, you know, this is an area again, and where I say we sometimes make our job more difficult than it has to be. And it certainly gets more expensive because that money is not coming. Oh back, yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I think we're, uh, we're, think we're time to wrap up. up. Yeah, covered it. Um, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah. Um, happy Friday. I hope you guys have a really great, uh, a great weekend. Um, uh, lots of good contracts. Yeah. Jobs are on the road. And then we will be back on Monday. I don't think we have a guest yet for that. So we'll no. just, uh, we'll see what, we don't even have a topic. Sometimes no. we do it like the morning of. And it's it. <laughs> so have a great day, everybody. Great Thanks weekend. so much for joining us. We appreciate uh, you tuning in.